0: Wow, what a powerful reminder to us that we are nothing without Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much, Matt and Abby, for reminding us of that powerful truth that we belong to Christ because of his incredible sacrifice. I hope you had a great Resurrection Sunday. I hope the weekend was just phenomenal for you to reflect upon the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am so thankful that God is working at Maranatha Baptist University. Every Tuesday, my wife with several of the ladies, the staff, ladies, and faculty have been praying specifically for several things for our campus, for our student body, for our, for our staff and faculty. Two of those prayer requests, I am so encouraged to tell you God has done some very specific things in the last couple weeks and even in the last several days that are direct answers to prayer for prayer requests even in that prayer meeting. Some of you are gathering together. I have several of you come to me and ask for prayer requests. And, and I know that you are praying that God would do a great work. And, and I just want to encourage you today that God is working at Maranatha Baptist University. One of the prayer requests that is prayed regularly by that group of ladies my wife told me, is they pray that the gospel would have an impact in this community as a result of our student body, as a result of what God is doing here at this campus. And I want to tell you that God is doing some great things. And I want to tell you of a story that happened just yesterday to encourage you. I was coming out of our, our our lunch together with some of our executives. We had some folks visiting on campus. We were walking down the hallway out of that lunch period, and there was a man from the community who had come in to uh, eat here. Most of you know that quite often we have people from the community visiting our campus, and uh, they're coming to the best restaurant in town. You know what I'm saying? And uh, they're coming in and out, and regularly they are viewing. What God is doing here on this campus, and I'm going to tell you that you are making a difference. You are making a difference because you stand out. You are radically distinct and separated from the culture, and it is obvious God is doing something here. And this man caught me in the hallway. He actually caught our visitor, believe it or not, and he said, I need to talk to somebody. Is there a pastor? And I was standing right there. And he goes, here's the man you need to talk to. And the man broke down in tears and uh, immediately said he was at the end of his rope. He was at the bottom. He didn't know what to do. He just knew that he knew that this was a place where he could find someone to talk to. And so we walked over to my office and for about 30 minutes, I shared with him why we're so different. I shared the gospel and I was like, wow, isn't this what it's all about? And he told me, he said, you know what? Every time I come on this campus, I know that God is here. I know that God is doing something because I, I see it and I feel it and, and, I, and I watch these students and it's, it's obvious that God is doing something here. That's encouraging, isn't it? You pray for him. He has not accepted Christ, but I'm telling you, he is so close. I texted him last night and just said, when you are ready to receive Christ, you don't need me. You can call on the name of the Lord, but I would love to know about it. And I think he's going to get saved. The second prayer request that I just want to encourage you about, God is working. God is doing something in our lives. That's encouraging. We need that, especially at the end of this semester, right? The second prayer request that my wife told me they pray about regularly, I'm really excited about this, is a prayer of Jesus Christ. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will what? Send forth laborers into his harvest field. And I want to tell you that I'm really excited as as the leader of the College of Bible and Church Ministry in the seminary, training full-time preachers and ministers and missionaries. I have had, I think, five people, five current students in the last month who are switching from the program they're in and they're coming into the ministry department. I also know that there are at least right now 37 applicants on the, on the applicant list for freshmen to come in and to train for specifically vocational ministry. I want to be clear. Everybody knows this. I've said this many times. Every student is in the ministry. Amen. Can I get an amen, please? No matter what you're training. Thank you. I appreciate that. No matter what you're training for, you're in the ministry. That's important for me to say because I'm not saying if you're not a preacher, you're not in the ministry. But We need more preachers. We need more missionaries. And God is answering that. I'm so thankful that I've talked to students who are switching their majors because they have been burdened by what they're experiencing here at Maranatha. They've been burdened to go into the ministry. That is a wonderful thing. And so I'm actually going to be sharing with you a message today that I was not planning on sharing, but God has really stirred my heart about about the gospel. And so we want to talk about the gospel. Isn't that why we're here? Isn't that why we're Christians? Isn't this the essence of Christianity? And as I was sharing it with that man yesterday, I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to preach the gospel. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. I think in our time period today with current events and cultural things happening and even with the the burdens that you are carrying in your life right now, it is good to be reminded that there's some really good news. There's actually a website out there called thegoodnewsnetwork.org. They build themselves as a network that doesn't share any bad stories. They only share the good stories. We need that. Because there's a, there's plenty of news that is disturbing. There's plenty of news that is troubling in our lives, but the greatest news in all the world is not linked to any historic event or current event or even the the uh, the subservient of the of the of the current pandemic, which is good news. No masks. That's good news, right? There is something that is much greater news than anything we can ever imagine. And that is that our sins can be forgiven. And as I was talking to that man yesterday, I was just reminded of the, of the miracle of the gospel, the miracle of salvation. It truly is the greatest news this world has ever heard. And that's what the word gospel means good news. So Paul says this in Romans 1, verse 15 So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. And I think this is at the heart of any gospel preacher that we're just ready to share it. We're ready to talk about it. I had no idea that that was gonna happen yesterday, but but absolutely I was ready to talk to him. And thankfully I I didn't have a meeting for another 30 minutes and I I had at least 30 minutes to talk to him about the gospel. And I'll tell you what, it was a thrill, it just gave me it just gave me the energy that I needed uh, probably for that day and, and even the rest of this semester. Ready to preach the gospel. So much so that I just want to share again today the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he goes on in verse 16 and he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein, in the gospel, for therein, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith. The apostle Paul uses the word gospel 60 out of the 76 occurrences in the New Testament. When he uses the word gospel he is not just particularly talking about the historic events that we celebrated this past weekend the death the burial and the resurrection though that is clearly included in the nature of the gospel but i remind you today that the gospel is all about jesus it's who he is he is god that's the gospel the deity of christ is the essence of the gospel for if he is not god he cannot save our soul. But it's not just who he is, it's also everything that he said to us. And there are so many places in the scripture that we could go where Jesus himself makes a clear statement of the gospel. John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So when we say we believe the gospel, we believe what he said. We believe every word of Jesus Christ. But of course, we know that the gospel includes not only who he is and what he has said, but the gospel clearly includes what he has done. And may I say, he has done marvelous and miraculous things to rescue us. So the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. In in a particular sense, it is recorded for us specifically in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where he declares to us the gospel, which is the resurrection chapter. Maybe you even heard a message on that this past weekend. But the gospel is all inclusive of the nature of Jesus Christ, the words of Jesus Christ, and the works of Jesus Christ. And just a, a shameless plug for the CD, that's why the CD is all about Jesus. It's all about the gospel. If you haven't heard it, it'll bless your soul, I promise you. He is our great high priest. We will see him face to face. We will know him by the print of the nails in his hands. He is a great savior. And so the gospel is powerful for us. I'm not so foolish to think that we don't have lost students. I'm not so foolish to think that maybe there's somebody here this morning. You need to get saved. You have never been saved. You're going through the motions, you're playing the part, but there's no real salvation in your life. And so I'm preaching the gospel so that you'll be saved, so that you will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. But of course, I know that the majority of us, and maybe all of us, are genuine believers. It's good for us to hear the gospel. Can I get an amen, please? That's why we sing about it, that's why we talk about it, that's why we lift it up, because... We are thanking him for saving our soul. I think we sang that this morning. We are rejoicing in the fact that he has redeemed us and rescued us. And so we're unashamed of it, as Paul says in verse 16. And so the the gospel will save. The gospel needs to be shared. And we need to stand up for the gospel. And those are kind of the three applications that we want to hear this morning from this this message that, that is from this text. And that is the gospel... Saves the gospel can save you. You need to allow it to save you. The gospel needs to be shared, and the gospel needs needs to be. Uh, you need to stand up for it. You need to speak it out, unashamed of it. And so, as we look at these truths of the gospel this morning, I hope the Lord will just encourage you that God is doing a great work through the power of the gospel for the glory of God. Let's look at four aspects of the gospel this morning. So that we can be saved, so that we can share it, so, so that we can stand upon it, we need to know and understand the details of the gospel. Notice number one, the source of the gospel. The source of the gospel. Where did it come from? You know, the source is very important. It is, it is linked up with a couple words that we just kind of go over quickly in the text. It's the word of. It's that preposition that helps us to see That it is of who? God. It is of Christ. This shows us the source of the gospel. You know, the source of something is very important. Maybe you've had the privilege of visiting Yellowstone National Park. There is a geyser in Yellowstone National Park called Old Faithful. People stand around Old Faithful. They wait at certain intervals for that incredible sight, for the beauty of that, of that water to be shooting up in that, from that geyser. And they oo and ah, and they, and they come from miles away to see the beauty of that natural event that occurs. And yet, remember, there would be no beauty of that geyser without the source. And most people don't even think about that when they're standing around the geyser. They're just kind of, wow, this is awesome. But deep down in the center of the earth, there is this boiling cauldron of of water that is heated by volcanic heat, and at certain intervals, it is exploding in this beautiful event. Without, Without the source, there would be no beauty. You see, the gospel is beautiful. The gospel transforms. The gospel rearranges everything but it's because of the source of the gospel. May I remind you this morning that the gospel is beautiful because God is beautiful. The gospel is powerful because God is powerful. And God is the source of the gospel. In Romans 1 verse 1, notice how Paul immediately links the gospel to God. He says in verse 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of who? The gospel of God. So he starts the book with this and he ends the book in Romans 15, verse 15, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. Listen to this. Ministering the gospel of God. How can a preacher like Paul or any current preacher today be so bold and courageous to just say it as it is? I'll tell you, the boldness comes when you know it is not your message. It's God's message. The boldness comes when you know that before the world was formed, God had this plan, this beautiful plan of salvation. John 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. How does it start? For God. It's God's idea, it's planned in the heart of God, and we know that it is his Uh, It is sourced and rooted in the character of God. 1 Timothy 2, verse 4 says, He will have all men to be saved. It is God's will and it's God's plan. He wants all people to know. He wants all people to be saved. Titus 1, verse 2 tells us that God cannot lie concerning His promise. And He promised this message. He promised before the world began. So we can see that the source of the gospel is planned by God, but we also see it is of Christ in this text, for it is the power of God, for it is the gospel of Christ. So how is Christ involved in this? Well, it's planned by God, but it's paid for by Jesus. It's paid for by Jesus Christ. And this was predicted and pictured and revealed in the Old Testament with a sacrificial system and the prophets all the way up to Jesus Christ. And Isaiah 53, a beautiful uh, prophecy of Jesus Christ. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Hebrews 2 verse 9, and of course the book of Hebrews revealing so much about Jesus as our great high priest. But we see Jesus who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, that he Jesus, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. We could go on and on. It is clear through the entire New Testament. And a verse that I quoted yesterday to my friend that I was witnessing to, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And I was so glad to be able to share it in a personal, engaging conversation. And I'm so glad that God has gifted and called evangelists and I'm an evangelist to be a gospel messenger and I'm so thankful that I have thankfully had the privilege of traveling all over the world and just to say this is God's story, this is God's message, you can be saved. This is why we exist at Maranatha Baptist University, because the message is not our message, it is God's message. The glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, sourced and rooted in God and in his son, Jesus Christ. Number one, the source of the gospel. And so when you're sharing the gospel, you don't need to be fearful. You can have boldness and confidence because the same message you're sharing is the message that God planned before the world began. So share it boldly. You need to be saved by it. You need to share it. You need to stand on it because of the source of the gospel. Notice number two, the strength of the gospel. The strength of the gospel You know this verse, you probably could quote it. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is what? The power. That's an important word. This is the Greek word dunamis. From where we get the word dynamite, it literally has this idea. Natural ability. It is inherent power. It is power that is residing in the very nature of the thing being described. So we can really say it this way. The gospel is not just bringing power. The gospel is power. The gospel is power. It is inherent ability in the very thing being described. So the message of the gospel, the story of the gospel, who Jesus is, what he said and what he did, in his very essence is filled with power. It is the power of God. And Paul was aware of this. And again, this is what gave him confidence to preach. Romans 15, verse 19. For by the power of the Spirit of God, he said he was ministering. And he said, I have fully preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is of them that perish foolishness but to us who are saved it is what the power of God so I think especially when we share the gospel and especially when it's uh, when it's a personal witness or a public declaration that we can know and have confidence that God is doing a great work because the very spoken word of the gospel is filled with power what does it have the power to do I believe first of all it has the power to convict It has the power to convict. And I just want to say again, I saw this even yesterday as I was just talking to him and opening the Bible and sharing references from the word of God. I saw it in his face. He had tears coming out of his eyes. There was even a little bit of a trembling of his hands. And I have not only seen it in personal conversations where you're just talking about Christ and you're lifting up the gospel and the cross and the resurrection and the sinfulness of mankind and you're talking, I've seen it in personal conversations, but I have also seen it in public gatherings where somebody was in the auditorium and and you you could tell they were just under deep conviction. That is not the power of the preacher. That is the power of the message. It is the message itself that convicts. And we see this throughout the book of Acts in the early church when the message would be preached. Acts chapter two, they were pricked in their heart. Acts chapter 24, Felix trembled when he heard the gospel. And this is the power of the gospel. And I'm so thankful that as a preacher, I don't have to try to do that convicting work because the spirit is moving and the spirit is using his word and the power of the gospel will convict the lost sinner. But not only does it have the power to convict, but secondly, it has the power to cover our sin. So it convicts us of sin, and it covers our sin. We know that the Scripture teaches us that there's only one way to be rescued. There's only one way to be forgiven, to be released from the debt of our sin, and that's through the message of Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. I'm thankful that I can say I'm forgiven because of the gospel. I'm redeemed because of the gospel. I am reconciled to God because of the gospel. I am literally justified because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Boy, I wish you could have just seen and heard... This man, as I was talking to him yesterday, just to see his eyes light up when he heard that he didn't have to be religious to be saved, that he didn't have to be moral to be saved. He was trusting in religion, he's trusting in trying to be good. And it was, it was like a new thing to him, something he had not heard before that it's, that it's Christ alone, by grace alone, faith alone. That's wonderful, isn't it? And that when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we are forgiven, we are cleansed, our sin is covered. Because his righteousness is robing us. This is a powerful message. The power to cover our sins. So it has the power to convict. It has the power to cover. And finally, the power of the gospel, the strength of the gospel. It has the strength to convert us, to convert us. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things pass away. All things become new. Think about the stories of the New Testament. Think about the story of your own life. Think about many people that you know who used to be living a certain way and God has radically changed their lives. So that we can all say, praise God, we're not what we used to be, right? He can take a woman who's living in immorality like the woman at the well and save her soul and cause her to be a testimony. He can take a person filled with demons like the demoniac of Gadara and a man who is submitting and giving in to the demons is now following Jesus Christ. He's clothed and in his right mind. And even the writer of this text who used to be persecuting Christians is now preaching and sharing the gospel from persecutor to preacher. That's what I call radical conversion. And he can do that for anyone. There's no sin that's too great. There's no rebel that is too hard. You can't go far enough away from God that he cannot save you if you will come to him and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He has the power to transform anyone's life. Someone who's in false religion, someone who's following false philosophies, somebody who is a pagan, an atheist, God can transform anyone. Because that's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ezekiel 36 says he will change our heart and give us a new heart. Acts 26, verse 18 shows the distinction of the power to convict, to change. He says to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. I'm here to tell you today that there is power in the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. And if it is is that powerful, then you need to let it save you. And if it's that powerful, then you need to talk about it and share it with others. And if it is that powerful, then by all means, don't ever be ashamed of it. The strength of the gospel. All right, number one, the source of the gospel. Number two, the strength of the gospel. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Clearly, this is spiritual redemption, spiritual salvation he's speaking of here. We're rescued through the power and the strength of the gospel. Number three, I want you to notice the scope of the gospel. The scope of the gospel. And this is very interesting in the text. He says this, for it is the power of God unto salvation, notice this, to everyone that believeth. To everyone that believeth. We all know, we are studying theology here at Maranatha. We all know there is a tension, intentional tension built into the text and built into the theology of the New Testament with the sovereign hand of God who wants to save everyone. Can I get an amen, please? And the the free choice of mankind to come and believe. And what's interesting is in this one phrase, we see this tension. It is, if I can say it this way, the scope of the gospel, it is available, it is available to all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I've often thought to myself, if not everyone can be saved or has the opportunity to be saved, then why are we sending missionaries? We send missionaries, we sacrifice because we want everyone to hear. Why would we want everyone to hear? Because we believe the gospel is available to all. And how shall they hear without what? A preacher. And so we send missionaries. And yet we all understand that not everyone will be saved. And and in some sense, God is not necessarily drawing everyone in the same particular way. But in one sense, there's common grace that God is drawing all. And it is attention that is in the text. And we need to let it be there. When people ask me about this issue, I say, you know what I do? I, I, I I just take the mystery position. Is that okay? The mystery position. That is not a cop out. You know what? Until I can explain the omniscience of God, I'll definitely not try to perfectly explain the sovereignty of God. But the text says it is to everyone. But notice there's a qualification as well. Everyone that believeth. So the gospel is available to all, but it's only accepted by some. And of course we realize that nobody comes to faith without the Spirit drawing them. So God is actually the one doing the work. God is the one drawing them to faith. You say, how in the world can this perfectly fit together in my logical mind, in my human thinking? That's what I'm saying. It's a mystery. It is, it is, it is incomprehensible. It is not fully explainable, uh, this side of heaven. And, and his ways are past finding out. But what we know is that somebody does have to choose to believe. They do have to come to Christ and God is working in their heart, drawing them. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so the scope of the gospel is it is available and should be made accessible to everyone. But it is only accepted and particularly applied to those who believe. And this is all throughout the New Testament. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And the truth is, there could be a student here that is, that is coming year after year, sitting in chapel week after week, and there could be someone that is hearing all about Christ and all about the Bible, and yet you still have not received the gift. You still have not come to Christ by faith. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I just want to say to you this morning that it is available to you. And if you are struggling with your soul and your salvation, please don't just come to us, come to God, but we would be glad to help you. We would, we would love to talk with you. If you are struggling with assurance of your salvation or you, or you know that you're not a genuine believer, then that would be a tragedy to come all the way through this Christian university where the gospel is central to what we are doing for you to reject the gospel, believe, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. So the scope of the gospel, all right? Number one, the source of the gospel. Number two, the strength of the gospel Number three, the scope of the gospel. And I hope that our hearts are just being encouraged and warm today because this is what saves us. And this is what we ought to be sharing with people. And this is what we stand on. And this is the good news of the gospel. Finally, this morning, let's notice the sorrow of the gospel. The sorrow of the gospel. And this is important to talk about. We don't like to talk about hell. We don't like to talk about... Uh, the penalty for sin. We don't like to talk about eternal death, but it is is scriptural. It is the New Testament teaching, and that is that those who reject Jesus Christ will suffer eternal death There is eternal life and there is eternal death. And and even here in Romans chapter 1 where he gives this great description of people that are pagan and people who worship the creature more than the creator. And and the essence of this text is this. Rejection of the gospel has grave consequences. That's the essence of Romans chapter 1. Rejection of the gospel is rejection of God and when you reject God you do it to your own peril. You do it to your own demise and ultimately your own condemnation. And so at the end of Romans chapter 1, notice verse 21, all the way through 31, and we'll just conclude by reading the end of the chapter. Notice verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death. I do believe that this is a, this is a primary emphasis here is eternal death. Not just death, physical death but eternal death which is described for us in revelation chapter 20 the second death i think this is this is definitely an application or a specific interpretation of the eternal death the second death and not only those that do the same but those who have a pleasure in them that do them so there there's a there's this ending of life there's this eternal death that is the sorrow of the gospel and Romans 1, verses 21 through 31 help us to see that not only is there eternal death, but there is a destitute life. And so rejection of God and rejection of the gospel is really not successful in life either. And it's really sad how many people are rejecting the gospel. Maybe even somebody here this morning is rejecting the gospel. And this was what I pled with that man yesterday. I I pled with my friend yesterday to just receive Jesus Christ because if you don't receive Jesus Christ, then your life will continue to be out of sorts. Your life will not have the joy and peace that only God can bring through redemption. And ultimately, you will not have a home in heaven. And so the sorrow of the gospel is that there are so many and actually the majority of people living today who have not received the gospel. If there's anything that should fire us up to be a witness, to be a soul winner, to share the gospel, to be an ambassador for Christ, it's the fact that so many people are still rejecting the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, the good news of the gospel. I'm so thankful all the music today went along with this. My hope is in the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. For me, he was forsaken, for me, he died alone. I'm thankful that today the greatest news in all the world is that I'm saved and I'm saved not by my works but I'm saved by the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Do you need to be saved? Do you need to share it? We also should say yes to that. Do you need to stand on it and not be ashamed of it? My friends, this morning we hear the gospel over and over and over, but it is the very essence of Christianity. And if it doesn't fire you up, then you're cold and you're complacent and you need to let God work in your heart because it is the gospel that gives me energy for this very day to minister the way I want to minister for the glory of God. And praise God for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Would you just take a moment, as we sang earlier, but say it to the Lord from your heart in a quiet prayer. If you are a true believer, just praise God for saving your soul. Remember just briefly the moment you got saved and how he's transformed your life. And give him glory. And ask him to give you the power to share it with others. If you're here this morning, you have never been truly saved. Even now, you can call upon the name of the Lord and be gloriously saved. Lord, thank you so much for reminding us again today of the simplicity of the gospel, and yet the depth of it, power of it, the way it has reached our own souls. Lord, thank you for the wonderful reminder that I had yesterday of how important it is that we're ready to share the gospel. He came right to our campus. He asked specifically. It was like the most incredible opportunity because he didn't have to be sought out. He sought us out. And so, Lord, I pray that you would save his soul. I pray that you would open his eyes to the truth. And I pray that we would be ready to share the gospel with others as we are in the community, as we're passing in and out of the stores, as we're walking the sidewalks, Oh, Lord, would you please help us to realize this is what matters. It was so good for us to be reminded of this this morning as we're all full of expectations and responsibilities. And in, in so many ways, we do probably feel a little weighed down by all of the things we need to do. But God, there's one thing we must never stop doing. And that is sharing your gospel, standing on your truth. Lord, if there's anybody who needs to be saved, that they would be saved even today. We give you glory and praise and we glory not in ourselves, but we glory in the cross of Christ and the gospel that you have so graciously provided for us. Bless us today. Help us to be energized and grateful for what you mean to us and what you've done for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.